We're lucky enough to be joined by the one and only Sir Steve Hanson, one of my former coaches, a man with uh, many words and one of the best one-liners going. But we won't get into that. We want to talk global expansion for the game of rugby. Exciting news that Six Nations and Sansa have come together for the global competition in 2026. Steve, obviously you've been an advocate for this for many years. Are you excited? Are you happy? We finally got there. Yeah, I think it's a good idea. Like, something different, isn't it? And people, mm. fans particularly, want something different out of rugby at the moment, and it's just been chugging along. So um, there's some real positives. There's probably one or two little queries I've got. Um, you know, the the rich are going to get richer, and what's going to happen to the mm. second-tier group? Um, I think they need to really make sure that um, there's opportunities for those teams to continue to get better because we don't want them turning up at World Cups and having two distinct mm. groups. We we want World Cups to be competitive like they have been. But and the other thing I'd like to see is can we, you know, can we play the July window, um, maybe after the Six Nations? So play play the Rugby Championship out our side of it uh, instead of playing Super Rugby at that time. Play play at the same time as as maybe um, the Six Nations do, and then go up and play uh, half of it um, around that period of time, and then and then let Super Rugby start after that, so uh, we can get more of a, a flow, more of a global season. You've got your All Blacks coming out of a pre-season, um, and that might give you the opportunity to play one or two of the second-tier teams to get ready. So, but you know, it's a good start. They've listened to the fans. They've listened. Mm. to themselves, really, because they've wanted this for a while, and, and I guess there's a lot of money involved in it, too. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of money. We spoke about it on the show this morning with the broadcasting rights, obviously sponsorship, marketing, that's going to be at their disposal post this, um, Steve. But this money, this money that you're talking about, how will it, would it be spent? How would you like to see it spent in these smaller nations? We know the USA, United States, potentially a World Cup down the line. That's great news. So how would we make ensure that this money is put into the right places, where were, how would it be spent? Well, I think uh, the first thing you'd do is say, right, how much are we going to allocate um, to the poorer nations? So each mm. each team allocates a set amount and then maybe have someone who coordinate that. You know, the guy that I would think about looking after that would be a guy called Steve Cherry. I think he's you know, a great rugby administrator. He knows what makes... Uh, Teams tick and how to spend the money and where to spend it. So get him to um, drive that and and have some, you know, like I've, we've seen money go to a lot of these poorer nations before and it's just been whittled away um, both legally and mm. illegally. Uh, I hope any trouble with on that, but um, mm. you know it's just disappeared. So we want the money to to go to the right places and you know the same thing goes for our own money. Like we've got to spend it wisely too. So. Getting our development programs going better than they are at the moment would be, you know, one area that I'd think about uh, making sure we spend the money. Steve, uh, thanks for joining uh, myself and Izzy. Just just on that, the the, deve- the development model. I know there's a, a second tier that they're talking about playing through this. How how important is it to make sure that the NZR um, in their twenties and and in that group below them get as much exposure? Um, globally as the All Blacks are getting? 
Well, I think if you want to continually be good at the top, you've got to have a feeder. And, you know, our feeder is our under-20s. We're starting to to play more games um, with that middle tier. Uh, All Black 15s, they're calling it. So I think that's good. Um, you know, we put a lot of pressure on our schoolboy players and, and uh, they're seen by everybody as, you know, league. It takes a lot of them. AFL are starting to pinch a few. So we've got to um, we've got to find a way to make sure that we retain the ones we want and, and give them opportunities to grow and um, understand that uh, this is the standards we need to reach if we want to be world class. So you know, we've got to put programs in place that, that identify them uh, a lot earlier than we are. I think you know, the league boys are very good at it. So maybe go and have a chat to how they do it. Oh, don't get Tony started, please. Don't get Tony Kemp started. I've already seen your comments as of late about the superior game that that people are watching. What what is it about league that that you're enjoying and the innovation that they're coming up with, uh, Steve? Well, they just use common sense. Like, Philandes has been brilliant for league. Peter Philandes is a guy from New South Wales. And he's got rid of all the nonsense and you've just got a game that's, tailor-made for TV because it appears to be non-stop. Now, if you go and watch it live, there's a lot of people walking. But that wasn't the comment. The comment was it's good to watch it on TV. It's better than the rugby. Like, the, the semi-finals games were, were great. Uh, mm. Crusaders, not not so much. But the Brumbies, Chiefs, and the Chiefs, uh, Crusaders final, they were wonderful games of footy. But that's only two games out of, you know, a whole competition. Whereas with, with the NRL, they're all competitive uh, and they're all good games to watch. So that's what, what we've got to look at in the super competition. We've got to find ways to make it more competitive and therefore better to watch and give the fans what they want. Steve, just talking about this tournament with the uh, the 12 teams, do you, do you see it... I guess over the over the years, changing much from those twelve teams because of that that promotion relegation. Um, and what are the I guess what are the pros and cons of this with the with the difference in the northern hemisphere and the amount of games they play, and of course our players and the players association probably combating that with a, a duty of care um, policy that they'll be looking at. Yeah, look, I think uh, the duty of care is going to be really important. It's still, it, it is at the moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're not going to play too many more games uh, I wouldn't think but we're going to be playing uh, higher level games and playing more consistently against uh, opposition I don't know how many times we've played England in the last uh, 8-10 years which hasn't been a lot Uh, now we're going to play them every year because they're going to be in that top 12 Um, don't know how often again we've played um, the likes of Ireland and I probably have played them a bit of late but Depending on what happens in the, in the schedule, you can go for quite some time without playing a team that you need to be playing. So I think that, that will change things. Um, however, trying to, and that's what I suggested, you know, do we look at the schedules and try and get a schedule where we can have international rugby played and then um, give the guys a break or give them a pre-season. Like, imagine uh, is he coming into an all-black season fresh where you could play, say, Samoa, Tonga, um, mm. you know, one of the second-tier nations up north uh, as a pre-season um, get-together to go into to you know this 
team tournament, I think it would be wonderful. And then you come back out of that, you can have a breather and then go into your super rugby. And, uh, we, have, we have to make some decisions around where NPC sits or mm-hmm. our national competition sits because um, you know, it's, it isn't any longer the premier team and mm-hmm. and you know, our, our governance model um, has those people uh, making all the decisions about a game and they're trying to save uh, their patch and I understand that but we have to look beyond that because that, that's changed and if we don't, you know, we're not going to do what's right for the game. So, you, so you're saying, Steve, that the MPC, the kind of the pathway through MPC to Super Rugby onto the All Blacks is kind of going to take a backward step from the situation. Is is that what you're saying? Is is there still well, it, a, a place all, for MPC in the game? There's still a place for it, but it's already taken a backward step. Mm. You know, it's not it's not the competition that it was. Once upon a time, you had mm. it was the it was the Super competition, wasn't it? That's all we had, mm. and and uh, it's not like that anymore. The game's changed. I can't see us ever stopping playing Super Rugby, so it's now our third competition. If you t- if you make the All Blacks uh, international season the number one competition, Super second and then third. So where do we play it? How do we get maximum value out of it? And, uh, you know, for my my thinking, it's, look, it's easy for me to say this without having to go through, through all the planning, but... I would play the All Black International window uh, early in the year. Then I'd go to NPC, and and uh, then I'd play Super Rugby, and then you get a, a break. And um, that way, you'd get you know your players would get looked after. You'd be able to uh, allow your All Blacks to miss that NPC window, take a breather. That's where they get their freshener up, and they don't have to miss so many Super games. Um, I still like the idea of playing five games, no more than five games in a row, but if you're in Albrecht, because uh, you know, that's what they're doing in Ireland and, and other places now, and they've started to work out that you just can't keep flogging a dead horse. Mm. You know what it's like. You, you, big seasons, when you play too many games, your body just can't take it. So, so you, uh, this this coming together is this a sign of of unity from the north and the south? Are we are we finally getting the voices being heard? Because that's been the trouble as of late, Steve. Like just trying to find the window that suits both. Is this the one that fixes that? Well, I think it's a start. I don't think it fixes it yet, but it's a start. Mm. And and now there's something that's bigger uh, than just you know, the November test or the July test, we've actually got something that the broadcasters are saying we're going to pay a lot of money for, which will get people to sit down and listen to each other. And for a long time, uh, Six Nations have dictated to World Rugby about whatever is needed because they they will not change uh, Six Nations because it, it, it's a winner, you know, it works for them. Um, so if they won't change, then maybe we have to change. Like we're playing rugby in that period, we're playing super rugby. So can we be flexible enough in our thinking to to look at our our window and say, well, look, can we do it another way? Um, and you know, it might be that uh, we can do that. So if we can do it, let, let's look at it, and, and if it makes it better for the players and makes it better for the fans, you know, we're winning, aren't we? Steve, but is it is definitely there a, the Six Nations? Sorry, here you go. 
Now, I was just going to say, is there a possibility that there's a tier missing in this model? If you're talking about 12 teams coming in, and then you've got the Six Nation playing up there and all the 14 in the in the Northern Hemisphere playing off, is there is there a, an issue that the Super Rugby actually suffers if we don't get a, a dead set addition to that football? Um, you know, you've lost South Africa, now you've got all these extra games. What What do you see the effect on Super Rugby? Well, I, I think the Super Rugby's already been affected because South Africa have taken out their Super teams. Whether they... Uh, yeah. the, I guess there's a, a plus to that, though. There's less travel. So, um, do I wish they were still in it? Yeah, I do, but the travel side of things... I guess is is a bonus, but um, we've still got them in the rugby championship, and this will make sure they stay in it. Um, so that's a, that's a big plus. Super rugby has to find a way to be more competitive and more demanding um, on the players. So we get games like we got, as I mentioned before, you know the Brumbies Chiefs semi final and the final itself, two fantastic games of footy. Um, now, if we could get those every week or similar standards to those every week, then people would flock to it. You know, they'd be coming back to the game. And and um, I know um, a lot of people weren't happy with the refereeing, but I, I thought he did a pretty good job. Apart, you know, he missed a forward pass, but look, they miss forward passes in every game. And sometimes that's just the way it is. Like, for me, I'd just get rid of the TMO and say, right, I ref you, ref it, and if we miss something, well, we've just got to be big boys and put our big boy pants on and deliver. And, and yeah. you, know, you get rid of all this nonsense of, of everybody booing the ref. Like, you're no different than, you know, people drop balls. People, like, Damien made a mistake by being inside the 10-metre mark. So everyone makes those. So just live with that. But get a game that has got some flow to it and it's not stop-starting and and uh, it's really competitive. If we can get a super competition like that, then everyone's going to get excited by it again. But if it's too it's something up in half. You know, I will... Yeah, Sorry, Coach, I was just going to say that was something I've been harping on for a while now. Um, the, the way that it's been riffed is there's too much reliability on the TMOs, which is taking away the instinctual decisions from these referees. So oh, I'm with you on that. Oh, I reckon we get rid of that. We yeah. allow these refs to ref, and if they make mistakes, they're like players. They become accountable, and they might get a, a little bit of a spray from Steve Henson, like Monday mornings when Izzy Dag had to walk in with his armour on, ready to rip into a review. But <laughs> you take that on the chin, and you move on, isn't it, you Coach? Didn't get, you, you, you didn't get too many sprays for your rugby. <laughs> what, what else, then? Uh, you know. He talks about it off air, Steve, quite a bit that he got uh, he got a few sprays from you. What what about um, what about this this All Black team leading into the World Cup, Steve? Are you, are you confident that they've selected the right right team? And and what are your concerns if you have any? Uh, I don't have too many actually. I think he has selected a very good side. Um, well, they have. Mm. Um, you know, going into the last World Cup, we were struggling with our mobility and our and our, our props. Um, this group they've selected, they've got boys that are or men that are younger, but uh, they're good athletes and uh, 
very capable both with ball in hand and defending. So that's a massive asset to a forward pack. I think um, Scott Barrett and, and Brodie Retulloch and if Sammy gets fit again, uh, that uh, Kelly's right, uh, you know, the locks are looking good. Lucy's uh, uh, pretty strong. Um, Ethan Blackadder, I'd like to see him get an opportunity maybe, mm. but you know, he's been injured uh, so much this season, it's been unfortunate for him. But um, people are just starting to step up a little bit. Um, there's some real competition at first five, not only uh, Richie playing really well, um, Bowden's starting to come back into a little bit of form, and but you know, um, Damien's been outstanding, uh, midfield strong. Uh, so, you know, and we've always been blessed with back three players, so. Um, we're a big chance. It's just uh, if the dice fall the right way, like to win a World Cup, everything's got to go right. And two of the best sides in the world are going to get knocked out in the quarterfinals because we're all on that side of the draw. Mm. Yeah, no, you did right. It's exciting. It's exciting times there, Coach. Before we let you go, what are you up to now? You're obviously over in Japan, got your fingers in more pies than anyone. What's going on, mate? Nature Strip, when's it back? Having a wee rest? Uh, Nature Strip's back in work now. He's had a good holiday. He's a bit like you. He got a bit tired last year, so after <laughs> travelling around the world, so needed a wee break. Um, but he's, he's, by all accounts, come back looking real good and muscled up well and uh, enjoying life back at the stables. Um, what am I doing? I'm, I'm helping uh, Toyota with a blitz over here in Japan, so... Um, we're just getting a few things sorted for the pre-season and, um, and then I'm off for a, a, a bit of a cruise uh, from Vancouver to Alaska uh, I'm flying out today so looking forward to that I'll have one for you while I'm on the boat mate <laughs> looking at the big waves Oh, beautiful, Steve, man. You're living the life. I absolutely love it Give my love to Tash, mate Appreciate your time this morning well, the- Good to hear your voice, coach Good on you, man. Great to hear from you both, and yeah, good to see you still got a giggle in you. <laughs> He's got more than one giggle in him. Don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, that's why you should get more than one, one or two blasts. <laughs> yeah, because I've <laughs> been an idiot. <laughs> yeah, too busy being an idiot rather than the player that he was capable of being. But anyway, he got there occasionally. <laughs> oh, all right, coach. Thanks very much. All, all the right, best. Mate. No worries, brother. Good Cheers, Steve. Right. Thanks a yeah, lot for that. That's great. Love the family. Yeah, no yeah. worries, Tony. Thanks. Cheers, mate. Cheers, mate. See you, mate. Bye. Bye.